0: my <laughs> creeps to another episode of cadaver cast i'm al burnham
1: and i'm cadaver dad jeff burnham
0: and today we are coming to you from frankenstein's monkey farm
1: yeah but we left frankenstein's monkey farm today didn't we
0: yes we did And what did we do we went to see a movie today that is in the theaters we're gonna talk about it weird, but we're not gonna talk about the whole movie because you listeners Might not have seen it. Hotel Transylvania 3.
1: Yeah, so what Al's getting at here is that we are going to be trying to avoid huge spoilers. I mean... Yeah. It's a kid's movie, so you can probably predict what happens in it. I mean, based on a couple things we say, it was pretty obvious from way early on in the movie what was going on narratively to me. But even still, we'll try to keep it relatively spoiler-free. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning, of course, that we have talked about both movies, the first two movies, on other episodes.
0: Yeah, we did those two movies, but this one is in theaters, so we'll talk about it in a different episode.
1: Talk about what in a different episode?
0: The the Hotel Transylvania 3.
1: Well, this is the different episode.
0: Are we going to talk about the whole movie?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, but we're going to avoid spoilers for the end. Like, the major spoilers. We're not going to talk about the very end of the movie. No. We're going to talk about what happens, generally speaking, but try to avoid explaining the whole movie right to the very end. Which I know is difficult, given that that's kind of what we do here at CadaverCast. But, do you think you can handle it? Yeah. All right. But yeah, we did talk about the first two movies. Uh, If you go back and listen to our... Cadavercade 2016 Part 1 episode, we talk about the first one. Alistair talks about Hotel Transylvania and Hotel Transylvania 2 a little bit in our uh, Top 7 Kid-Friendly Monster Movie Recommendations episode from last October. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, the Top Kid-Friendly Monster Movies. And...
0: If you like music, you would like the end of this.
1: Oh, the whole end of this movie? Yeah, the whole the whole ending of this movie is very music heavy, and we'll avoid going into it more deeply than that. But there's a lot of music because it actually takes place at a dance party. The end of this movie. So now that we've talked about the ending of the movie, which we said we weren't going to do,
0: I just said if you like music, you would you would like this the end of the movie because. If you like it, you would like the end of the movie?
1: Sure, yeah, and that's as deep as we'll go into it for now. But what in general, Alistair, if our listeners have never watched the other movies, what in general is this series about?
0: It's about, um, like monsters that are in a hotel.
1: (laughs) Simple enough, right? Who runs the hotel? Dracula. Yeah. Do you remember what the conflict was in the first movie?
0: No. What was it? Um, I, I don't remember. No.
1: Well, the first movie is, of course, about how Dracula's daughter, whose name is Mavis, brings home her boyfriend or she meets a boy. Uh, so suddenly I'm, I'm a bit foggy on the first one. Either way, the first one is about his daughter, Dracula's daughter, falling in love with a human.
0: Hmm? Yep.
1: And so. He has to come to terms with humans being in his life. And then the second one is about...
0: um Where he has to work with them.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has to. And he's got a grandson in the second one. And his grandson is maybe a vampire, maybe a human. And he's got to come to terms with the fact that his grandson may just be a human. Right? May not take on the vampire traits like he hopes. So the whole series is about him... Thus far, kind of coming to terms with the people who he didn't identify with at first. And that's kind of important to the setup of this movie, which finds us neck deep in conflict between humans and vampires, right? Well, and monsters in general.
0: Oh, yeah. And for, I think one, I think two and three, if you watch two, there's a ginormous dog.
1: I don't remember the dog being in the second one, but there's a dog in this one. I don't remember no, if the no, dog I was in the No, I remember the giant
0: one. dog was in another one of them.
1: Okay. It was one i I'll, I'll take your word for it. But uh, in this, there is a character who's a big dog. It's their pet, who may be introduced in this one, may be introduced in the second. We could I, have gone to see... I think
0: it's see, like sw- Swiggles or Squiggles, uh, I don't know.
1: Tinkles or something. Oh, yeah,
0: Tinkles, yeah. Tinkles.
1: We could have gone to see this after rewatching the first two, but we sort of went to the movie randomly today. We were feeling kind of cooped up this morning, so we just went out to see it. And Alistair was like, let's do an episode on it, which seems appropriate because uh, it's very rare that we get out to monster movies in the theater that we can actually talk about on the show and remain timely. So, yeah. What's up, buddy?
0: I was going to say this funny since um they went on this big sh- ship and said no pets so they name it bob and they say to some people say hi bob then the dog says hi bob
1: (laughs) yeah that's a running gag because the dog is around throughout the movie and as as al points out they go on a ship we'll come back to that um but that's definitely one of the highlight jokes of the movie is the running gag of people or i guess monsters and people believing that this dog is a human because they put it in a trench coat and a fedora mm-hmm. and it randomly talks a couple times and says hi bob yeah that's that's kind of a highlight joke but what's going on otherwise other than bob just being around tinkle's bob being around what's going on in this movie um, what happens in the opening that's what i was trying to get us to
0: oh the um in the opening Um, Dracula's been doing too much work, then they go on a vacation.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's, I guess, the, like, log line for the movie, right? Would be Dracula's, Dracula's daughter thinks he's been doing too much work, so they go on a vacation. Sure. But I'm talking about the very opening.
0: So, the monsters are on a train, and then...
1: What year is it? Do you remember that? No. It's like 1897. We're back in time in the opening of this movie.
0: Yeah, 1897 or 1898.
1: I I guess it doesn't matter, sure.
0: And they're on a train, and they're acting like real people. Then Van Helsing comes in with like a um, zapper thingy. Sure, it's like a
1: big laser gun. It's like a steampunk laser gun of sorts.
0: And then he chases them around it.
1: Yeah, and then what happens?
0: And then he pushes them off into the sea.
1: Yeah, yeah. At, at, after kind of a montage, the movie opens with a montage of Abraham Van Helsing, one of a long line of Van Helsings who've been trying to kill Dracula, trying to kill Dracula. And it's sort of, um, it's like, you remember the Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons from the Looney Tunes?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the Wiley e. Coyotes always got the different traps and gadgets and stuff. And he keeps, like, smashing into walls and falling off cliffs and things like that, trying to catch the Roadrunner. Yeah. The opening of this movie is kind of like a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner cartoon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Since the Coyote all does the stuff and trying to catch him. And that's what, basically, um, Van Helsing has.
1: Yeah, it's exactly the same kind of thing. So it's like a montage of Van Helsing getting hurt. Like, he shows up with, you know, the laser gun. Then he's got kind of a tank of sorts, and he's got all kinds of different steampunkish sort of weaponry that he's trying to kill Dracula with, and each time keeps failing.
0: Yeah. Also, in the blob, the blob, he's always funny, and he barfs and makes a kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now we're just skipping around.
0: No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the funniest part of the blob. That was the funniest. When he barfs.
1: Sure, we'll... Okay, here's what we'll do. Let's explain the basics of this movie, and then we'll talk about your favorite part with each monster. Okay. That seems a logical Mm -hmm. way to handle this, because we've never talked about a movie where we've explicitly said that we are not going to talk entirely about the ending. (laughs) And so, I think this is a good way to handle this, right? Yep. And so... Yeah, so we meet Van Helsing, right? And that informs the conflict of the movie. Clearly, the Van Helsing lineage is going to come back into play later, and we won't talk too much about that. But suffice it to say, we actually do have a straight-up villain in this one, for once.
0: Yeah, for a change, villains. And the villain, of course, is Van Helsing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, it's a Van Helsing. We've got a whole lineage, right? I mean, it's like... Even when we meet Abraham Van Helsing, Dracula's talking about how all of the Van Helsings before him were trying to kill him, too. So, this is a family thing, right? All the Van Helsings forever. And that's appropriate because, of course, the Hotel Transylvania movies are all about family to begin with.
0: Yeah. The whole thing is about family at first. And then Van Helsing comes in for a change. I don't think we've had a villain.
1: No, I mean the last one had uh Dracula's dad? Yeah. I mean that because he was coming in to meet the new uh grandson, Dennis, and if Dennis turned out to be a human that was going to make the grandpa mad. Mel Brooks plays the grandpa, which is pretty great. He's he's back for this one. But remember he came in and then he had all of like the bat monster men? Yeah. So, he was kind of the villain, but he was still part of the family. So, this is the first one where we have kind of the outside traditional villain.
0: And they say that every Van Helsing is trying to kill, kill him, but I guess that was a long time before number two. That was, like, a way longer. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. When we meet Van Helsing back in 1897, that is way before the first movie set. The first movie set whatever year that was made, like... 2012 or whatever. Uh, so, yeah. So we're talking like a hundred some years before.
0: Yeah. And the helpers on the fi- on the board are just like fish.
1: <laughs> okay, so now you're skipping ahead. So, how then do we get from this train and this this Looney Tunes kind of Van Helsing versus Dracula stuff? How do we get from that to this boat that you're talking about?
0: Well, Um, of course, they start off at the train and stuff, um, then, but Dracula's son and Dracula, I can't remember her name, what was it? Daughter? Yeah, Dracula's daughter. Mavis? Yeah. Mavis and Dracula have done too much work, so they went on the vacation.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Is that all, is that why he's... Upset and distant though. That's what Mavis thinks is wrong. Mavis thinks that he's been working too hard, but what's his actual problem?
0: Um been housing.
1: No, well that is the problem of the movie, ultimately, yeah. But he's lonely. Do you remember yeah. why?
0: Mm-hmm. He's lonely because his wife died a long time before this.
1: Yeah, like a hundred years ago or something.
0: Yeah, like a yeah, a hundred years.
1: And he's lonely. They're hosting weddings and stuff at the Hotel Transylvania. Everybody's got you know um their' significant others. Everybody's got you know a loved one, somebody that they spend you know their all their time with that they go on date nights with you know uh Frankenstein has the bride of Frankenstein. Mavis has Jonathan. The wolf man has a wolf woman,
0: and Dracula doesn't
1: exactly, so that's what his deal is, right but Mavis thinks that it's something else. What does she think it is?
0: She thinks it's that um, he's been working too much.
1: Yeah, and that's a common problem, right? People run businesses, they own hotels, things like that. Sometimes they just don't take time off, you know?
0: Yeah, everybody does too much work.
1: Well, I mean, generally speaking, yeah. I was actually reading an article this morning, um, just read part of it before uh, you woke up, that was about how Americans take less vacation time than medieval peasants. So, yeah, we're overworked here in America. In Transylvania, I guess they have the same problems.
0: Yeah. So what's the
1: solution? What do you do then? If you're working too much, what do you do?
0: Go on vacation or stay with your family off for a day or something. Yeah,
1: take some time for you. Yeah, and so that's what Mavis does. She plans for them what?
0: To go, um, on a vacation.
1: Yeah? And of course this movie's subtitle is what? Hotel Transylvania 3.
0: Um, what?
1: Summer Vacation. Uh, yeah. So it's them going on a summer vacation, which seems like an unlikely thing for monsters to do.
0: And, and what's the one that the the guy that does the DJ and the... Jonathan? Yeah, he does DJ <laughs>
1: They uh-huh. had, like,
0: a dance party um after the, the Mr. Spike and Mrs. Spike wedding.
1: Yeah, there's a... Well, yeah, that's another thing, right? Is even the crazy Spike monster gets married in the beginning of the movie, you know? Yeah. So, everybody's getting married. Dracula, still single. 100 years later.
0: Yeah. So, he's been a single father for a 100 years.
1: Yeah, give or take. Sure.
0: I can't believe they has been alive for, like... Maybe 300 or 400 years.
1: Okay. Yeah, well I mean that's vampires, right? I mean vampires as long as they don't get staked through the heart or caught in the sunlight, they tend to live a long 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 time.
0: Yeah. Also one day he wouldn't get out of his coffin. Right? Well, oh, like in
1: one of Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he was talking about that in the beginning. Yeah, cuz he was so against Mavis and Jonathan's wedding that he just stayed in his coffin.
0: Yeah. So, should we talk about a little about about the boat a little?
1: Yeah. So, what's what's up with this boat then? What does this boat have to do with anything? You mentioned it before, but what are they doing?
0: Well, the boat has to do because they're going to the lost city of Atlantis.
1: Yeah, as part of their vacation. Yeah. Because Mavis planned this vacation cruise, and it's it's a very special kind of cruise.
0: It's a monster cruise
1: mm-hmm so yeah they're going to the sit- lost city of Atlantis uh which when they get there it turns out to be and it's kind of funny it's like a, a you know co- bit of commentary on the cruise ship industry it's like a, a casino when they get to the lost city of Atlantis but yeah it's a monster cruise and uh what happens though on the boat like well, this is kind of the big the big thing in the movie I guess for Dracula. Uh, Related to what we were just talking about. But what happens as soon as they get on this boat?
0: They start partying,
1: basically? They start partying, and he sees... The captain. Uh Uh-huh. And who's the captain? Erica. Uh Uh-huh. Why is Erica important to Dracula?
0: Um, because she looks pretty. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically the only reason.
1: Yeah, it's one of those uh, love-at-first-sight kind of a deal's. Um, Uh, What
0: do they call it? Zing?
1: Yeah, zinging, Um, which is their way of, in this movie, trying to compensate for the fact that love at first sight isn't real. (laughs) Uh, Pretending that love at first sight exists in movies is really highly irresponsible because in real life, you might like somebody when you see them. You might like the way that they look. But you don't know them. You can't love somebody at first sight because you don't know anything about them. You have to know them to love them. And he falls in love with her at first sight because, as they put it, I zinged, right? I zing. And zinging for monsters is basically falling in love at first sight. It's like a soulmate kind of a monstery thing. So they try to compensate for it with that. But still, <laughs> it's, not, it's not how it works. Not in real life. You don't fall in love with somebody the first time you see them. No. You might think, oh, she's pretty. Oh, he's handsome, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know them, so you can't love them. You just like the way they look. But, yeah, she's pretty, so he falls in love with her. But the problem is she's a human. Oh, no. And, of course, he doesn't want Mavis to know, so he's, like, you know, trying to hide this whole romance from her.
0: So, he's trying to hide it.
1: Um, And And I guess that's about as far as we'll go into that. Because that's mostly what the movie's about. You know, it's about them being on this boat. They're going to Atlantis. You had the whole hook with the Van Helsing family. And so, all of that stuff comes together in the end. But... That is not what we're going to spend the rest of this episode talking about. We're instead going to talk about Alistair's favorite bits with all of the individual monsters in lieu of spoiling the end of the movie. So before we get into that, though, Alistair, do you recommend people go see this?
0: Yeah. If you haven't watched one or two, I would also recommend watching those.
1: Yeah, if you could could, uh, quickly marathon the first two go see the third one. I recommend it too. If you're out there listening and you've got kids and you're wondering whether or not to take them to this, definitely do. It was a good time. And it's got some nice messages in the end, um, especially with regard to the Dracula Van Helsing conflict. This movie has more of like a realistic kind of, um or a responsible, I guess, message about addressing your enemies in a way that Makes you better than them, and I think that that is something that is valuable to impart to kids. You know that if people are gonna be mean to you, you don't need to get revenge or whatever.
0: I would also, um, if your kids are younger than at least like um, six or five, younger than five, um, I think you would want to watch it first before you you think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you actually watched the first one when you were four. But then again, you are an exceptional child in that way. Uh, You've always been cool with monsters. So I guess, yeah, if your kid's particularly sensitive to monsters, like if they've never watched, I don't know, Star Wars or something like that, if they can't watch anything with monsters, this one may be spooky just because it's chock-a-block full of monsters. Yeah. So, yeah. the
0: monsters are good, so they still could be scared
1: Potentially, you know, they they absolutely could be. So that is a concern. If your kid is sensitive to monster stories, this one is full of them. But, but yeah, I I think it's worth going to see. I think it's worth taking your kids out too. We'll have this out, you know, um, within the week of it opening. So you'll still have time to go check it out.
0: Yeah. And hmm. um, we're going to do my favorite parts, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what monster should we start with? You already talked about Tinkles, the, or whatever his name is, the giant dog slash bob. You talked about that one. You talked about the blob who accidentally creates a kid blob.
0: Because he barfs?
1: Yeah, he gets seasick and he pukes out <laughs> another blob kid. Yeah. Who else?
0: Um. Hmm.
1: What about the Frankenstein monster?
0: Oh, yeah. He accidentally lo- loses his hands. Then he then he has crab hands. <laughs> yeah, he gets
1: like uh like crab claws for hands. Yeah, absolutely. He ends up with pincers.
0: But in one and two, you don't see those.
1: No, because he gets those in this one. Yeah, that's kind of the big shtick there. We also noticed when they're in like the pool scene that the Frankenstein monster's nipples are sewn onto his body. Like even his nipples are separate. Uh, body parts that have been added on to him that's pretty funny
0: yeah oh and he gets buried in the sand by the kids and um he just says kids nobody knows what kids just says kids and uh, brother Frankenstein says can you rub some sunscreen on my back before i get sunscreen like moon
1: screen she says or something like that. moon block Moonblock, moon screen something like that it's in the trailer but yeah yeah she asks him to rub it on her back
0: and then his hand like walks <laughs> yeah like
1: bounces over his severed hand yeah so that's Frankenstein is that your fra- is that your favorite uh Frankenstein's bride bit
0: um no I'm just, that was a Frankenstein bit
1: okay is what it? about the bride of Frankenstein what's um, your favorite bit with her
0: actually that's the only time.
1: That's the one that you like, too? Okay. Yeah. What about Wolfman and no, Wolfwoman?
0: No, I, I still have another time with Frankenstein.
1: Well, we don't want to spoil all the jokes. Just your favorite one no, for each.
0: Just, I have one that's really funny. You've never seen this, but his eyes turn to the opposite part of his head.
1: Oh, they like spin around the back of yeah. his head? Yeah. <laughs> so there's the Frankenstein family. What about the Wolfman and Wolfwoman? What about them?
0: Well, they say, Kids Club... And they, because they see a kid's
1: It's like a sort of like an on the cruise ship kids' play place where you can leave your kids.
0: Yeah, and they they have like a, maybe 10 or something.
1: They have no. way more than 10 kids. Because in every movie, the joke is they have just a ton more kids than in the last movie. So they have yeah. like 30 kids or something at this point.
0: Yeah. And they all destroy the kids' place.
1: Yeah. Uh, much to the chagrin of the the fish man who runs the the kids club, and that's the funny part They're too. Trying is, to
0: eat him. Yeah,
1: all the uh, all the people, all the people, all the monsters that work on the ship are fish with legs.
0: Yeah,
1: it's pretty funny.
0: And then the kids are trying to eat him. <laughs> yeah, and one kid keeps saying fish. <laughs>
1: That's good stuff. I think
0: they have like thirty-one. Thirty-one
1: kids, you think? Could be. Well, okay. So there's Blob, Frankenstein monster and wife, Wolfman, Wolfwoman. Oh, we we then got Mummy and the Invisible Man.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Invisible Man. I like the part where he's only wearing glasses, and his wife is wearing like a full set of clothes.
1: Yeah, he walks around naked. yeah it's <laughs> a good point, yeah, she's got a dress on, and he's naked except for his glasses
0: yeah I guess they I, I guess they can't see without glasses.
1: <laughs> maybe oh, wouldn't that be a bummer if you're invisible, but you also need glasses? Oh, mm. we'll talk about similar types of problems on our next episode, which uh we've already recorded, but on our next episode, we discuss. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. So more on Invisible Man problems next time.
0: Yeah. So the mummy at the end of the movie, there's a funny part. She's like running after the invisible man and his straps keep coming off.
1: Oh, really? Um, I I didn't catch that.
0: No, but that actually happened. And he kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter.
1: At the end of this movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that.
0: And the Invisible Man's glasses, look, and you can see names on his... Oh, you mean
1: during the, um...
0: End of the movie?
1: Yeah, during the 2D animated credits sequence. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's, there's those two. Who else are we missing? What about Dracula himself? What's your favorite Dracula bit?
0: Um, I like when he's, like, flying <laughs> and, like, dusting the place.
1: Oh, when he's trying to pretend he's not doing uh, cell phone dating apps? So he starts cleaning the attic.
0: Also, it's funny because every time he says something, he says "I wanted," I really want a date. Then it's thinks he wants the food date.
1: Uh yeah, he's trying to use his uh, cell phone's like voice commands, right? He's trying to like basically talk to this movie's version of Siri or whatever, and it just can't understand him. Yeah. Well, it's- and what's funny too is then. When he asks for a date, it gives him the date, like Al says. But the date is July, Friday the 13th, right? Which was, of course, the date that the movie opened. So that's a nice touch.
0: Yeah, that is a nice touch.
1: Okay, so then what about uh, Mavis, Jonathan, Dennis? <laughs> any of any of them you think of any moments that um, you particularly want to highlight?
0: The When Dracula says, go have a date night... Um, I can't remember the boys' names. I keep forgetting. Jonathan? Yeah, Jonathan. He goes, date night, and he keeps going date night a lot of times. Mm, I know, he's that. very
1: excited about date night.
0: And, <laughs> yeah, and he keeps going date night before they actually take the date night. It's so fun. He says <laughs> date night on the date night, too. That's so Whoa,
1: funny. that's crazy. Well, yeah. and I've saved this one for last, The Gremlins.
0: Oh, yeah, the gremlins, they're so funny.
1: So what are the gremlins doing when we meet the gremlins?
0: Um, they're, they're like, boarding the plane, and there's a bunch of them. Well, like... It's not
1: just a bunch of gremlins on a plane. They run the airline. Yeah. It's a gremlin airline.
0: Yeah, and also in the credits, they're also in the credits, too. When you yeah, watch they're, the credits, they're sort of
1: ruining the 2D animated credits.
0: yeah. And it's worth sticking
1: around just to watch their antics and stuff,
0: yeah, they're so funny, also, when they come up and they run it, the Gremlins are like running around everywhere on the plane, yeah,
1: yeah, what kind of stuff do they do on their plane because of course, it doesn't run like a regular plane would run, you know it's operated by Gremlins, so they operate it really weird what What kind of stuff are they doing?
0: Oh, no like like doing gremlin stuff,
1: there's oh, okay. like a lot like.
0: Just like a roof thing, coffee maker or something, or I don't know. It makes coffee, but it's like stuck to the roof of the plane. Okay. That's funny too.
1: Sure. Well, I thought it was funny, and what I thought you were going to talk about was the fact that it's not run like a safe plane. Because they're gremlins, they run it really dangerously. Right, they've got holes all over the airplane. When somebody has their bag on the floor, they say, you know, can can I stow this for you? Which means, you know, they're going to put it up in the luggage rack. And instead, they chuck it out a window.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That kind of stuff. It's really funny. It's a great sequence. A lot <laughs> of great bits in there with the gremlins.
0: Yeah, because he says it to the Frankenstein, he just throws it out a window. Yeah. And he's like fine with it.
1: that's true yeah i mean nobody reacts to the gremlins in a way that would indicate that they're in horrible mortal danger which they totally are except for jonathan because jonathan's the only human in the group everybody else acts like this is super normal you know except for jonathan who recognizes they are in terrible danger
0: yeah because the cyclops monster just gets stuck to the back Oh,
1: and he gets, like, blown out the top of the plane or whatever?
0: Yeah, when they're on the boat. The airplane turns into a boat.
1: Oh, well, yeah, because they crash it, basically. They just crash it right into the ocean. They're sitting there sipping their tea and talking about what they're going to do this weekend. And the plane is just nose diving right into the sea.
0: And and one of the gremlins says, gotta take the kids to soccer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a gremlin thing. It's just taking them to soccer. It's a good joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, they probably use like a funny looking ball or something. <laughs> well, I imagine
1: it wouldn't be regular soccer. That's true. It would be gremlin soccer, so they might or be they using would... a, a magwai.
0: <laughs> or just a gremlin that was in a ball and like woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That so
0: would actually be really funny if that actually happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. I think that's about as much as we can do without getting too spoilery. Hopefully, though, if you were even mildly interested in seeing the movie to begin with, Al has helped sell you on checking it out. It is totally worth uh, going to see. Hopefully, they do more of them because uh, we enjoy the series. And I like Gendi Tartakovsky's work a lot. Um, Gendi Tartakovsky, who like at least co-writes and directs these movies, was the creator of Samurai Jack. Created Dexter's Laboratory, worked on Powerpuff Girls, worked on the original Clone Wars cartoon. So uh, he's a guy I like a lot. I'm I'm a big fan of his work, and I hope he keeps making them. Alistair, anything to add about that?
0: Um, no.
1: Did you want to do beastly best?
0: Yeah, my beastly best would would be when the blob gets um when Bob gets seasick and he barfs.
1: Yeah, you yeah, think that's the, the, the coolest. Kid.
0: And oh, also when the kid's balloon pops, then he just takes like a one-eyed pig out of his body. Yeah, it's he like, a, like
1: he like makes a blob dog. It's weird.
0: Yeah, and he only has one eyeball. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, that is pretty strange. Oh man, beastly best would be. I think it's just the idea of the Gremlin airline. I think that's just my beastly best. I think it's it's so much fun, and they play with it for so long. That just having an airline run by gremlins is really funny, you know, because historically speaking, gremlins are believed to have been the ones responsible for like ruining planes during like World War One or whatever. If something would go wrong with a plane, they'd be like, oh, it was the gremlins, you know, gremlins did it. And so I like the idea of them just having their own planes. That's fun.
0: Yeah, because they would say if something wrong goes with the plane, it would be gremlins. So they made a gremlin airline, and yeah. they destroyed the plane. Yeah,
1: they absolutely do. It's great. I love that. So that's my Beastly Best. What about uh, Tickle Your Funny Bones? What do you think is the absolute funniest moment in this movie? The
0: same thing that I said for Beastly Best.
1: Yeah, they creating the, the, the one-eyed dog, blob dog. no,
0: no the the making the kid and when he makes when the balloon pops and the one-eyed dog that's the same thing I said in Beastly Best okay I think it's the best moment
1: sure I too would say that my tickle your funny bone funniest moment also stems from my Beastly Best because I laughed the most watching that gremlin on the plane sequence I think my favorite moment in there would have to be either when they go to descend and the uh, gremlin blows up the engine or when the gremlin pilot says we have begun our descent, you may now unfasten your seatbelts or whatever, um, which is the opposite of what you do. When you begin your descent, you have to buckle up and he tells them to take their seat belts off and the one guy just like, gets blown away. That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, because you're supposed to buckle your spe- seatbelt instead of undo your seatbelt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a gremlin airline. They do everything wrong. So that's good stuff. I like that.
0: And instead of keeping the plane not get destroyed, they destroy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. I, I mean, spooky moments. Did you have any <laughs> get spooked moments?
0: No, I don't.
1: Okay, yeah, there's not... I can't really think of anything that's terribly spooky in the movie, but or it is a evil, lot of fun. The
0: evil Kraken.
1: There is an evil Kraken. Spoilers, I guess. Um, okay. They might show that in the trailer. If not, that that's the most spoilery we'll get. But there is an evil Kraken, which does get as close to being spooky as the movie ever gets, I would say. I agree.
0: Because the movies aren't scary, basically. No, they're fun. I mean,
1: they're a good time.
0: That's we a... don't get
1: enough zombies in this one. I would say my one complaint about this movie, my one big, big complaint, other than the Love at First Sight deal, is that we don't get enough zombies. They're in the beginning, they're in the credits, but of course they stay at the hotel. Yeah. That's a bummer.
0: But my favorite part, when I think it was like one, yeah, I think it was one, I like that we got a lot of zombies. I like, they're also the cooks at the hotel. Yeah, they,
1: they do a lot of stuff at the hotel.
0: They also cook. And they're so funny at cooking.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, everything the zombies do is funny in these movies, which is the opposite of zombies in regular horror movies.
0: Yeah, but in, like, movies, they, like, attack people.
1: But in this (laughs) one, they're funny monsters. Anything else to add about 2018's Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation? Alistair.
0: Um, nope.
1: Cool. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for us then. If you want to follow us on social media, and I highly recommend you do, you can look us up on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at
0: Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club.
1: Absolutely, and you can send us an email if you would like at cadavercast at gmail dot com, and that is one word cadavercast at gmail dot com. We are, of course, also a patron supported podcast. And if you want to support us, which, uh, the money that we earn from Patreon actually goes into a savings account for Alistair's college fund. So he can become a scientist or whatever it is he decides to do when he is older. But right now he's dead set on scientist. You can head over to patreon.com slash word salad and support the show. And we really do appreciate it. It does keep us motivated to push through on this show even when we get really really busy. So, thank you to our patrons. And with that, Alistair, I think it's time you signed us out, my boy.
0: You've been listening to Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham.
1: And I'm Cadaverdad Jeff Burnham. Thanks everybody.
0: We love you. Night and he keeps going date night, date night and he keeps going date night, date night and he keeps going date night, date night, date night, date night, date night. Date night, date night.